Tired of only seeing it on bumper stickers? Experience Flying Spaghetti Monster the game. Gentle ladies, lab men, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Devolver Digital Forecast here at forecast.devolverdigital.com. Hi, I'm your co-host, JM, and this is Robbie. Bam! I'm back. He's back, baby. Did you miss How was your hangover? Oh, it was splendid. Yeah? Yeah, there's nothing quite like a successful marketing beat hangover. Lovely. Followed by by a little PR dessert. Mmm. Mmm. Yeah, it was good. Um, nice. Did you did you miss me while I wasn't here last week? I did. I did. I just read old questions and answers you from did. the. Uh, you did from the Discord. <laughs> I enjoyed it. We talked about it on Slack, where I yeah. I listened to it twice. The first time I listened to it was just to listen to it, and then the second time I listened to it was later that day when I decide. I just thought. I just want to listen to JM talk while I go to sleep. <laughs> and it was perfect. Wonderful. Yeah, more of that, please. I'm the I'm the half of the podcast that lulls folks into a into a slumber, and then you revitalize them. I know. Yeah, I shake everyone. <laughs> <laughs> My franticness. Uh so, um. The world right now is experiencing a horrible, infectious monster. <laughs> it is. Something totally alien that uh, we're having a hard time getting our heads around. It is. You know, 2020, man. One thing after another, isn't it? Yeah. Just when yeah. you think, just when you think, oh, this, it's, everything's okay. Nothing can get worse. A fucking amorphous globular creature with innumerable tentacles and teeth Mm -hmm. just breaks out of the breaks out of containment yep just breaks out and then next thing you know everyone's dead everyone's dead if they're lucky i know if it's not coronavirus it's carrying it's carrying Releasing today, well, tomorrow for us, but today for you and mm-hmm. when you're hearing this, uh, Carrion from yeah, Phobia Game Studios. People, yeah, hopefully there's some people playing it already. Listening to this forecast while they play Carrion. Yeah. You know it would go really great with the forecast and Carrion? What would go really great with that? What would go great with that would be... Uh, would. Would would be the he just dropped off the call. What the shit? <laughs> what the shit, Chris? It would, <laughs> it would be really great if we had Chris here. If we had but Chris he's here. just well, he just dropped he's off just the call. Disappeared, and uh, we are just going to cover. He said, "Just a sec, guys. Not funny. That COVID joke. Not funny. Yeah, he's oh uh, shit." We He's, took it too far. We've taken it too far. He did not enjoy the fact that we were laughing at his game, and now he's never going to speak to us. He's again. never going to come back. How do we? How do we bring him back? I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe if we continue talking about uh, Carrion in more positive light, then it might sort of like spirit him back into existence. <laughs> Oh, so Carrion's releasing today. It's, I'm really excited about it. Very excited. It's been uh, a long time coming. I saw it in GIFs on tweets uh, a long time ago. Um, and before we even signed it. And uh, so I was very excited to find out when we signed it that that was the game that we had, in fact, signed. And he, we might just have to start over, huh? Yeah, well, I think we can just carry on for the time being we can record a bit carry of, a, on. Uh, we can record a bit of b-roll carry, in. carry, carry on, on my wayward son a 
it's about a dad whose kid gets lost, and the dad's just like, just keep getting lost or fucking go. I don't want this. Yeah, but the 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 twist is that they're both amorphous alien blobs. Yeah. 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 Um, I agree with you. Uh, the first time I saw Carrion, I think it was like, it must have been the E3, the year we announced. So 2018, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'd seen it properly before that, um, before we'd signed it or anything like that. This is before I was full-time at Devolver anyway, so um, I wouldn't have known. But uh, yeah, we met Chris and Sebastian at E3 and it was... Uh, it's fucking great. I played the tra- I played the demo in the one of the trailers in between press appointments, and it was just like it's one of those games where you just you just knew straight away it was gonna be brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. only needed that kind of taste of it. It just everything felt great. The physics, the audio, the music, yeah. the animation, like just everything. Really, it's just really smooth. It's really slick. Mm-hmm. Everything just works and. Yeah, after seeing the gifts and stuff, I thought it was gorgeous. But then getting to play it, I was like, oh, it feels as good as it looks. Like, it yeah. really does feel the way that I want it yeah. to feel. So, JM, what were you saying uh, that would be a good accompaniment to our conversation about Carrion today and the fact that it's launching? Uh, it's just, it's... Uh... It's really great to have it coming into the world. You know, for me, Carrion um, fits somewhere between John Carpenter's The Thing and John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness. And so uh, it's it's really fun. I'm really looking forward to uh, to getting to play through the whole thing. Absolutely. I was I've been it saving again. it up. I was playing it again today. Um, I'll be playing it, finishing it after this uh, podcast recording because I want to finish it before it comes out tomorrow or today for the people that are listening to it. Um, but as a special uh, surprise, we, well, it's not really a surprise because we already talked about him because he dropped off the call, but now he's so back. Chris is here now. <laughs> he has returned. We have Christoph Hi, Chris. with us from Phobia Studios. Hey, everyone. Welcome, yeah. Chris. How's it going? Uh, it's It's good. I guess. A- apart from the audio issues, obviously. Yeah, apart from the audio issues and apart from me being kind of, you know, anticipating the, the launch. Mm, yeah. Are you excited about being rich? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about hoping <laughs> of being rich. Looking forward to buying some new waistcoats. Yeah. <laughs> Although I have way too many already. Oh, you can never have too many, Chris. Mm, yeah, I mean, I need uh, another wardrobe, and then yeah, I can have more waste. Oh no, oh. you gotta get another wardrobe, oh, man! Oh, poor guy. Everyone listening, you have to buy as many copies of Carrion as you can because Chris needs to buy a new wardrobe for his waistcoats. Yeah. <laughs> so, Carrion, that's uh, that's a thing now. How does that feel to finally kind of... How long have you guys been working on it? Uh, three years. Three years. Holy shit. Yeah. Three years. Too many. <laughs> and it's just you two uh, guys, right? It's just you and Sebastian? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the core team. We also had a pretty much full-time accomplice uh, in, in the person of our sound designer. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, uh, Chris Velasco did, did the soundtrack. You might know him from... From some AAA games like uh, Resident Evil Seven or, or Bloodborne, also some oh, some of the pre- previous God of Wars, not not the latest one, oh, uh, no. Mass Effect. So so yeah, he's he's basically a AAA composer. His uh, his soundtrack, which is also available now, um, or it's available yeah. tomorrow, I think. Anyway, um, yeah, it's one of the highlights for me. I mean, I, I we were talking. A moment ago just about how good the game feels to play um and particularly how the audio and the visuals sync up to it just it feels really satisfying to play but um the music is what i love about it is that it 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 doesn't necessarily like when jm when you were saying how um carrion 
it's very reminiscent of kind of John Carpenter films and stuff. I agree, but I like that the music doesn't feel very John Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, it feels yeah, way sure. more like uh, almost like Jerry Goldsmith or something like it's or James Horner. Is it James Horner? Who's the James guy? James Horner used to be good, but I hate him now. Who's, Who's the, the guy? guy what? Is he the guy that did uh, Alien? Did James Horner do Alien? I can't remember. I do don't. You, do you know Chris? <laughs> was just a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which of those it was? Uh, I think it was. Uh, I think it's Goldsmith. Yeah, it, it Goldsmith. It was. Okay, it was yeah. yeah, yeah, Jerry Goldsmith. James Horner does not have that kind. No, of No, no. But that's it. That Jerry Goldsmith. It has that like. Uh, what I love about the Alien soundtrack, and this is what I love about the Carrion soundtrack, is that it has that sort of like, um, almost like. Fantasy kind of aspect to it. It sounds quite like almost like sort of like a bit fantasy, magical, like fairy tale almost. Um, yeah, actually, when we were uh, discussing with, with Chris in which ways we wanted to, to take the soundtrack, uh, we wanted him to capture kind of this, this beauty of, of some of the environments and the exploration, and, and not all of it to be just, you know, droning ambience uh, or just lots of drums for, for combat, and that's it. I mean, obviously, we also have those, but we don't, we also wanted this, this, yeah, this kind of fairy tale aspect to it. As I said, so. yeah, yeah, I think that really comes across. So three years. Where did the original? Where did the idea come from? Uh, childhood trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Eating too much spaghetti as a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, in all seriousness, I guess it was kind of a, a like a natural step further from from Butcher, in which it played mm-hmm. basically also as a bad guy, but it was you know more of a cyborg. Terminator style uh, evil guy uh, and you were out to exterminate humanity so yeah we kind of like this this uh, reverse just you know this reversing stuff in general you yeah, being the yeah, guy, yeah. bad guy and so on so it was kind of uh, yeah the logical next step plus uh, we were very inspired by by you know our childhood heroes like the xenomorph <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and predator and especially you know the the alien versus predator games the, mm-hmm. the ones from the early 2000s like 2001 or two it was yeah. alien versus predator 2 especially uh not necessarily the 2010 one not so good all that great yeah not so good but yeah those games allowing you to play either as the alien or the predator they were mm really awesome and and something that wasn't really uh explored properly since then i mean we do have those uh kind of reverse horror things like uh, dead by daylight and so on but they are pretty much all uh, multiplayer games and we wanted something that would focus on on the theme but in a single player environment yeah i was gonna say like it seems quite interesting timing really that carrion is coming out now because we do we have i mean mentioned predator so there's the the hunting grounds came out where you can play as a predator dead by daylight you play as the killer uh there was a friday the 13th game like it seems like that's becoming a little bit more prevalent but they're all multiplayer games like you say so it's interesting to take to take that idea from a purely story single player story driven standpoint where you actually have to embody the the monster literally the monster all the way through the story it's very cool yeah plus uh, there was also this like mechanical uh, and and design interest of of making the character something amorphous something that's not you know humanoid so mm. sebastian 
uh, who is basically the, the brains behind the whole project, was uh, was toying around with with some some kind of of uh, this alien creature, this, this monster that would move with its tentacles. So basically, that was how how the uh, whole project started. Just Sebastian messing around with uh, the thing like uh, esque monster that that move in a fancy way and and eat people. And basically, you know, the, the very first prototypes were more like Katamari. You just <laughs> run into uh, people and, and absorb them automatically. And yeah, it, it was hilarious. And actually, the gift from, from that era uh, resurfaced on Ninegak and Reddit and so on several times throughout the development. Uh, even after we've, we've released, uh, you know, the, the first trailers, even after the, uh, the Devolver partnership has been announced that gives still resurfaces at times we were worried that maybe we should have you know stuck to those simple untextured graphics with like pre-colors in them and almost no animations to humans you know it looked like a crappy flash game yeah <laughs> and people loved it for some reason so <laughs> yeah we weren't sure whether they were going to love the the actual graphics and the actual game <laughs> oh I think well yeah it's it's good <laughs> I mean, I was saying earlier, I, I first saw the game through GIFs that you guys had posted online and being like, whoa, but at no point have I seen the, the further, like, the game is developed, it's continued to grow, just like all of us, as we burst from our human flesh sacks and emerge <laughs> into our true forms, we continue to grow and develop and become something new, and that's, I think that's really great. I, uh... I don't know how to say this, and I just want to say it. I think carrying is really funny. <laughs> I think it's a really funny game. I agree. <laughs> like, yes. So much opportunity, and this is going to sound maybe even to role play. Uh, there's there's such an openness to the mechanics, and the movement that Sebastian and and you did did, did a wonderful job creating a, a means of creating a, a monster that. Gives the player a sense of great power and mobility, but the game still has challenges, and 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 it's really a wonderful balance there. But when you really get into it and you get to choose how you play, uh, there's just a lot of room for for humor there. Uh, or or maybe I should talk to my shrink. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually you're right. So, so our games, not only Karen but but also Butcher, they have this kind of, uh, you know kind of a slapstick quality to them mm -hmm. <laughs> in a way but you know we never make them uh like comedic on purpose in that oh yeah this game is so funny ha 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 go low <laughs> no it's it's more like just the nature of of the over the top violence and and the characters you play and and just the general ambience it if you're twisted enough it, it's hilarious <laughs> yeah so... it's like paul verhoven uh, yeah it's, yeah yeah, yeah. I, I really love that because you can, like, people. a lot of people, whenever you see people playing it and stuff like this, like, there's a way to play the game that is, like, I mean, not completely non-violent, but, like, you can you can open the doors <laughs> and you can yeah. like, and you can glide around the levels <laughs> and you can like take enemies out without having to devour all of them or destroy an entire level like there's ways of like there's ways of playing it with like minimal violence but if you want to you can just go fucking mental <laughs> and just and just destroy everything and, and fly around the levels and fly around the complex and just like eating everything in your sight and just going crazy. And I really like that, that kind of, that's all very emergent and it's like individual to the player. The, while, you know, the, the game is really well structured in terms of the way that you explore the, um, the environment and you sort of have to solve the puzzles and things like that. And it guides you really nicely. But, uh, the method in which you decide to kind of like, I don't know, like the, the personality that you want to imbue your monster with, <laughs> I think is individual to each player. Cause I was playing it earlier today and I was kind of like, Hey, you know what? Like I played this a few times. I know my way around. I was like, I'm going to try and just like, 
I'm going to try and be like a nice monster. <laughs> like I'm going to try not to kill too many people, and I'm going to try and just like, and I'm not going to smash all the doors open. I'm just going to like try and play it as like calmly as I as I possibly could. And I mean, obviously, that did not last very long, but <laughs> it was fun to have the option. Yeah, and actually, you're not the only one noticing noticing this because. I've seen some, you know, friends on, on the Steam forums and or, on our Discord and so on. That's people asking others how they're going to play, whether they're going to, you know, play with their food or you know, <laughs> kind of as, as, you know, humanitarian as possible and avoid uh, killing people they don't have to kill. You can't beat the game without killing anyone. You sometimes you have to yeah. uh, eat someone to grow or, or, you know, someone's blocking the passage uh, with a jammer and and you have to kill him, so you can do a completely non-violent uh, pass-through, but yeah, there's lots of uh, freedom when it comes to the actual behavior of the monster and yeah. and how how fucked up it is. <laughs> yeah, plus, like, if you have to eat people, even though you don't want to, just, like, they can just be, they're racists. There you go. <laughs> We've made it okay for you to eat those people now. It's fine. If you, if anyone out there has been concerned about devouring humans in Carrion, it's fine. They're really bad people. It's fine. Were there any surprises along the way during development of this game for you? Like, or, or what were some of the surprises maybe for you that stand out? Hmm. I think the main one would be how kind of, you know, popular the the game and the whole concept got. I mean, we thought it was going to be a pretty niche game, like dedicated to a pretty hardcore crowd of, of mentally unstable <laughs> players. Like like Butcher was, it was targeted definitely at, you know, just the crowd who, who worshipped the, the early 90s It's Software games and so on. And mm. we didn't expect uh, Karen to be, you know, much more uh, commercially viable than that, to be honest. And turns out, turns out it's kind of a universally praised concept, and and everyone, or at least lots of people, seem to really enjoy the idea itself, and and also yeah, the graphics I haven't played and the everything. Game yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine though, because by the time they play it, they've paid for it, and yeah. Nobody gives a fuck after that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, our main goal was to make the game last longer than two hours so that you can't refund it after beating it. <laughs> uh, Nail it. Yeah, and, <laughs> and that was the main goal. Aside, this is an aside. I once played a game that had a tutorial that dragged out over two hours and like wouldn't let you skip animations and stuff like that. But once you get into the regular game, you can skip the animations. But if you're... If you're in the two hours of getting like onboarded into the game, you can't like it's it's like deliberately felt like it was dragging things out to the point beyond where you could refund it. And I hated that game, and it's one of the few games I tried to refund. And I was very, very upset. What was it called? I can't say that. That that would be that would be uh, <laughs> but it's it's actually very popular and well liked, but it's I, I think it's incredibly boring and I was very mad about that tutorial. Wow. Anyway, enough about strafe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm getting strafes not very popular. <laughs> I don't know. Robbie, ask a question. I have a question for you, Chris. So um when you so you said like when you guys first started kind of um prototyping and and uh and, and developing the game and um you know, you kind of were thinking that it was going to appeal to a fairly niche audience, and uh, and I'm, I'm guessing you guys were pretty comfortable with that. Like, you would be happy, you know, if it just kind of like found its niche audience and people enjoyed it, you know, and gave you an experience, um, you know, but then wouldn't necessarily sell a hundred thousand copies or whatever. But then Devolver comes along. And takes an interest, and now here we are launching on three platforms. So, what happened there? 
<laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> yeah. So, well, let's 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 break it down. So, when did uh, when did Devolver first get in touch, or did you reach out to Devolver? Did you reach out uh, to any other publishers? Actually, it's a funny story. So, pretty much as soon as we started reviewing the the first gifts uh, from the prototype, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah like a couple of months after that, uh, we've already started receiving some interest from from potential publishers. Like, come back to us with with a vertical slice, and we'll take a look at it, and mm-hmm. so on. So then we figured out that maybe maybe this time we should look for a publisher because uh, Butcher was well, it was done under a different company, uh, Transhuman Design, but it was kind of self published by it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, a totally different different uh, setup. So yeah, so after we were approached by some, we figured out that, yeah, maybe this is the way to go this time, you know, burn through someone else's money, not ours. <laughs> uh, and yeah, after after we did the, the proper vertical slice prototype demo that, that Sebastian showcased, showcased uh, at GDC, and uh, which has actually won a couple of awards like at, at GDC, uh, uh, mix. Uh, it was what what was it media in the exchange i think so he got uh, one of the words there we also got some from on the some polish events like digital dragons and and pixel heaven some you know best in the game or or community vote and so on mm-hmm. uh, so yeah we by then we had lots of different publishers make us different offers uh, some some better some worse uh, but none of them were devolver and we're like this game looks like a Devolver game. Uh, so <laughs> Devolver was the only publisher we talked to, and we talked with a lot of them, that uh, we reached out to ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, thankfully, Devolver loved it, or at least Nigel loved it <laughs> enough to to pitch it to everyone else. And yeah, eventually we made uh, uh, the deal. Uh, it was uh, back in 2018. Yep. And so the rest is pretty history. much, yeah, like... Uh, a year and a bit of pact in blood. Yeah, as opposed to made the deal. It just it's branding stuff. Corporate really wants us to stay on brand. Yep, all contracts are signed in blood. Never fear. Pacts. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the, all the pacts are signed in blood. Thank you. Covenant also works. <laughs> we are a covenant. Holy smokes! Phil freaking Spencer, head of Xbox. Hey there. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be co-hosting this announcement with you. Oh, man. The pleasure is all the way mine. I... Wow. I had no idea you knew about my game that I'm in. So, so Chris, what, do you, what, do you, what is your role in the development of Carrion? Uh, I do game and level design. Mm-hmm. Plus most of the, you know, talking bullshit with, with media and, and you guys and so Talking on. bullshit <laughs> with jackasses like us. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Repeating the same stuff all over again mm-hmm. every single time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. Um, did you? Uh, <clears throat> did you? How did you? How did you find your way into to becoming a developer? Is it something you've done since you were a kid? Is it something you stumbled into? How, how did you find yourself here? So I mean, that's something I wanted to do very early on, almost since I started playing games. So I think my first one was uh, Wolfenstein 3D. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was back in i was pre-kindergarten then <laughs> oh wow yes. yeah i had like four or five years and then my father introduced me to wolfenstein 3 and was, i was like yeah that's awesome and, and the other game i played a lot back then was uh indiana jones and the fate of atlantis fucking sick oh, game wow. oh my god one of my favorites yeah god bless those uh, old lucas arts games mm-hmm. yeah funny enough both of those games are from 1992 and that's the year i was born so <laughs> oh wow <laughs> Uh, a, a good year, I, I, I reckon. Vintage hmm. year. Vintage year. Yeah. And, and from there on, you know, uh, it was pretty much... Gaming was my main hobby. And yeah, I was I was just kind of trying to get into game dev somehow. And eventually, through some like kind of mutual friends and, and uh, uh, non-public ad that Transhuman Design was looking for a level designer for Butcher. Uh, I got on, on the team 
and yeah, the rest is history. We liked working with each other, the Butcher team, and we just from there on decided to, to form our own company and, and do Karen in pretty much the same core team. Right, so had you like, were you sort of like a self taught game designer then? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I did partake in something that's called uh, Game the School. It's uh, like this uh, year, uh, one year course uh, that's, uh, you know, done by professionals mm-hmm. in the industry. So it's it's not like a school with just theoreticians who, who haven't played any games ever. Yeah. It's just uh, lectures from, from the industry, from all the Polish companies, like, like you know, CD Projekt Red and, and Bank Wild Hogs and, well, pretty much all, all the bigger names. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's not like I learned that much because I was pretty well-versed in the industry Anyway, and I used to work as, as a journal, journalist, for, video game journalist for three years before that. Uh, so I kind of knew a lot about the industry, but the contacts I made there, uh, that that was worth every penny. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's through those contacts that, that I scored uh, the level design job uh, for, for Butcher. So that's what got me into, into the industry. So yeah, it was absolutely worth it. And it's... Uh, actually very well done the whole course if you don't know a lot about game dev but would like to to get into it then i definitely recommend uh applying and paying lots of money to (laughs) meet good people (laughs) i am so sorry i'm a nervous eater and man oh man am i nervous do you have any thoughts on why Poland seems to be such a powerhouse of game development? I feel like a lot of really strong studios come out of Poland. I think that there's several, several potential uh, reasons. I think I, I guess nobody's done any proper research into why exactly that is, but. Well, one of them would obviously be that uh, life here is still relatively cheap uh, compared to, to the Western or more Western world. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just making games is cheaper here. So uh, with with the budget uh, of, I don't know, The Witcher 3, you couldn't make The Witcher 3 outside of Poland or at least west of Poland. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so that's one. Plus, we have well, lots of talented people. I mean, Poland has always been uh, at the forefront of uh, you know rankings when it comes to IT, and uh, you know uh, Polish teams very often win or at least uh, are get very far into uh, various programming uh, uh, contests and so on. So I guess like I I don't know why, but uh, Poles tend to have this this uh it mm, talent <laughs> i guess mm. uh, I, I just assumed it was all the pierogi uh, yeah probably <laughs> you, you eat lots of pierogies i mean it's yeah. it's like Pap- papa got strong from eating spinach and <laughs> we get good good programmers from eating pierogies yeah pierogies uh, just, it. just like it just like it improves your brain every time i've eaten pierogi I always yeah. like felt <laughs> at least like twenty five percent smarter, and like I, I don't can... think I've ever had pierogi, and I think it probably shows, huh? Oh, <laughs> JM, you are missing out. Yeah. Do you prefer yeah. and... do, do you prefer the fried pierogi or like the steamed pierogi? Steamed? Oh, we don't really steam. We boil them. Boiled, yeah. Boiled. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I mean. You could steam that, yeah. You don't do that to pierogi. If you steam them, they're more like those Chinese uh, dumplings, dumplings and yeah. so on. Yeah. Uh, well, the more traditional ones would be definitely uh, boiled, mm-hmm. and I guess it it comes down to to the type of dough and and what's inside. Some sometimes fried works better. Kind of depends on you know who made them and yeah. and what's inside them. Sometimes you also uh, bake pierogies. You yeah. Can, make those but those are the rarest because you know 
takes more time to to preheat the oven and so on and poles are lazy like that yeah well i've had all, i've had all of them i think I, the baked ones are really nice but they're so different from the boiled ones or the fried ones that they almost don't seem like yeah, the same the, thing yeah they, they don't recount really as as you know your traditional pieruk yeah <laughs> the carrion beast yeah. could be the carrion beast would make a good uh, pierogi Oh, make good, uh, so, you can do like a filling, like a bright red yeah. pierogi filling that all oozes yeah, out. Kind of like pierogi bolognese, right? <laughs> <laughs> pierogi bolognese. Delicious. Yeah, yeah and going back to your Polish question, I, I mean, why it's such a, or becoming such a powerhouse, I guess the final or final reason or two reasons would be that it's relatively easy to self self-teach i mean you basically need computer and internet connection and you have all the resources you need there so uh, yeah y- you shouldn't really depend on you know uh, like universities or whatever uh, so yeah it's it's kind of easy to to learn what you should i mean it's not easy but it's easy to uh, to find the resources to, to teach yourself and the final most important que- uh, reason would be that our government hasn't really started uh, let's say supporting the industry too much yet although they have some some ideas about doing that and you know it being kind of you know free to do whatever and not being very uh, throttled by our government's action at the moment is is good so <laughs> it's one of the industries where uh, I mean, despite all the paperwork and so on, which is horrible for all the industries in Poland, uh, there still isn't that many, you know, legislations or whatnot. There's uh, not a lot of bureaucracy getting between you and making your game? Yeah, I mean, compared to the other industries, I don't know when you have some physical stuff uh, and you have some production or what, whatever, uh, there are worse industries. So out of all the industries crippled by the government, <laughs> I guess a game that is relatively unharmed still. I have a question, Robbie. I have a question. Um, what, Chris? What? So when you uh, when you were designing the the creature in Carrion, what were what were your initial kind of? Um, points of inspiration for how how you wanted it to look and how you wanted it to move and things like that because it's it's quite unique it like the the final character is quite unique so i've always been interested to to know how you guys kind of iterated on your initial ideas and what inspired it yeah, when it comes to, to the monster's design it's it's mostly the thing definitely it's uh, you know, taking out the the human parts of the thing because most often, you know, had had some human remains in its body, but mm-hmm. it it had this uh, un uh, like undefined quality to it, but you can't really tell what's what's what, uh, where the legs are where the top is where whatever is i mean it depended on, on its form because i think kind of changed out throughout the movie depending on yeah. the situation but yeah we kind of took that uh that main fleshy aspect of the thing and and turned it into something even more amorphous this this blob and yeah, I think that was the main inspiration behind the looks. Oh, but when you take, for example, the, the skills and and how it uh, interacts with the environment, then there's lots of different uh, inspirations. I guess one would be, for example, the predator. Like you have this skill uh, as the smallest uh, form of the monster that you can, you know, bend light around yourself to mm. to turn yourself basically invisible and bypass lasers and and uh, do some spell thing around and so on uh, it was uh, very much inspired by the uh, cloaking device of the predators yeah uh and yeah in general all the horror movie creatures 
tropes and yeah, uh, Which yeah, is... it's all condensed into this amorphous blob. I mean, you know, without wanting to uh, assume too much, but is it is it safe to say that you guys are eighties horror movie enthusiasts? Yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> we might not be, you know, extreme fanatics who have watched every single 80s horror out there uh, because, you know, we don't have the time because we. Well, you guys are big, you're big shot game developers. You haven't got time to watch all of these yeah. you know, shitty B movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we watched, we watched enough to, <laughs> uh, to become, you know, permanently uh, fucked up and, <laughs> and come up with ideas like. Like Karen. Well, more power to you. Would you say that the thing? So the thing was the biggest inspiration. Is that one of your favorite movies as well? Yeah, probably. I mean, we have. Uh, I mean, at least I have quite a lot of uh, movies I like, and they're not all eighties or nineties monster horrors, because I have quite varied taste when it comes to it. But yeah, definitely the uh, the thing, and in general, you know, this this. Uh, John Carpenter uh, style, not necessarily only his movies, but it it really works with us and and we like it. Uh, what are some of the yeah. uh, What are some of your other favorite movies? I'm interested now. Oh well, I for example like almost every Christopher Nolan movie, for example. Of and course. What's his What's his new one that's coming up? Uh, Tenet. That's it. Yeah, it's have... actually postponed indefinitely. It was supposed to come out next month, but Warner Bros. I think has the rights, and they decided that it's not the time just yet because oh, of the wow. pandemic. So oh, yeah, kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, I love the Prestige. Yeah, Prestige was awesome. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, yeah. So Christopher Nolan movies. Got it. What else is? Uh, what else tickles your fancy? It's not something I like. No, that that's actually a new question. So that's mm-hmm. one I'm not prepared for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first fresh answer of the day. Yeah, finally, yeah. we finally got there. We got to the real Chris, not this like robot reciting. I know memorized lines. That's it. That's what yeah. we want. Oh, just say land for... before time. We all know. It's uh, Aladdin, yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, come on. a lot of Aladdin influences. Aladdin, Carrion, fucking you can rules. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. The the, yeah. the Carrion beast moves a lot like the magic carpet throughout the world. Yeah, mm. pretty much. It, it, it has the same personality. Even exactly. Yeah. Just... I re- we were originally gonna get Robin Williams to do the voice as well, but unfortunately, but dead. he died. Going going back to the movies, for example, have you seen The Raid? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, the Indonesian, uh, kind of, Indonesian yeah. diehard. Yeah, yeah, the raid is amazing. Have you seen Judge yeah. Dredd? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have. That's You mean the the new one, not the Stallone? No, one. yeah, the new one, the Carl <laughs> Urban one. Because yeah. that really reminds me of the raid, because it's like yeah, almost that's, exactly that's the true. same setup. Yeah, pretty much. And it, it came out not long after, I think, or, or even the same year, maybe. So it was kind of... I guess it was a coincidence, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, for example, Pitch Black is a great movie. Mm. Really like. From, oh from... yeah, the, is that Vin Diesel? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the first Riddick movie, the the good one. <laughs> the good one, yeah. Chronicles of Riddick. Although there was a good yeah. Chronicles of Riddick game. Yeah, the game was also. Awesome. What's it? Perhaps Butcher... even the best. Butcher Bay uh, or something. Yeah, Escape from Butcher Bay. Escape from Butcher Bay. That was it. Have you ever played that, JM? No, I haven't actually. Oh, you should. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a first-person action game where you played Vin Diesel as Riddick. Yeah, uh, was... I guess it had this. Uh, you know, uh, wait, uh, I lost the term. Uh, immersive sim, in a way. You know, like System Shock and so on. Maybe it wasn't that that uh, complex, but uh, you had this. Uh, you know, it wasn't just a simple shooter. It was much more uh, varied and, and complex, and it had exhibiting. <laughs> yeah, it was almost like a sort of a precursor to stuff like Dishonored, in a way. 
I feel like nobody's agreeing with me, so I'm guessing I completely have the wrong. <laughs> I didn't play it, so I I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Dishonored does continue this this you know System Shock, Bioshock, and so yeah, Deus yeah. Ex, a tradition of those immersive scenes, as as they like to call them. Uh, so yeah, this I think it was uh, also kind of in, in the genre, uh, and yeah, I think it was actually at first an Xbox exclusive, and it looked extremely well for for the time. It's like a 2004 game, I think, and it kind of had this you know, next gen looks to it. Yeah, it was really cool back then. Yeah, really cool. And what was the other one that came out around the same time? That was a Clive Barker. Clive Barker. Undying. Undying. Oh no! Wait. Jericho. The... Was that the? Ah, Jericho. Jericho. Yeah. Yeah, I think Jericho was a bit later. After oh, Jericho. was that later? Yeah. I'm not sure. I haven't played Jericho. Uh, I did play Undying, uh, and it started out extremely well. It was oh, this nicely crafted environments and and the whole mood and and everything and then you suddenly get transported to some outdoors and it turned into a poor man's serious sum game and i was like (laughs) and yeah and i never returned to it (laughs) are there plans after release to continue working on carrion to or are you guys excited to move on to something else Or are you just not going to say anything? <laughs> I mean, we're excited to be finally done with with the game. And yeah, I mean, we do have ideas, uh, lots of different ideas in which ways, uh, in which direction we could take the, the franchise, let's call it. Uh, whether it's a sequel, a DLC, or something totally else. Uh, we have lots of ideas, but we have absolutely no steam left in us sure. to yeah, do absolutely. anything so yeah not, nothing's really planned there are ideas but uh, the only thing we think about is just uh, you know getting some time off finally uh, yeah for sure and well so, deserved we need to do the screen pack oh that's right remember that hmm? we're, 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 we were gonna we were gonna we were talking about doing a, a screen pack DLC so we would change the oh. voices of all of the screams yeah, yeah. The, uh... Wasn't there a shit yourself DLC or like where like all the people like like people make fart sounds? <laughs> yeah, I think too? it was something like that. I think we had a bunch of ideas where we could like change because the screaming is like the only voice in the game. So yeah, the idea was that we could just like replace all the screams with just like anything. <laughs> so we were we were trying to think of all different things that we could uh, we could replace it with. Yeah, who knows? We might do that. Yeah, uh, I mean so we, it's mostly <laughs> screen pack uh, DLC confirmed. Screen pack DLC. Yeah, <laughs> I really wanted one that was just like people going like, "Oh no, oh my god!" <laughs> like, every time the monster comes in, <laughs> and then yeah, no, yeah, we talked about the idea of just everyone like pooping themselves. So every time the monster comes in, they're just like. <laughs> oh, I think I'd, yeah. I'd be interested in one where where they're all just into it. They're all just really into it. <laughs> oh. Fuck yes! <laughs> yeah. So, oh, so... look at he just killed that guy. Tear me the fuck apart. <laughs> I, I guess this would be the the crowd, you know. Oh yeah, he's consuming me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it only took us fifteen episodes to get to Vor. <laughs> <laughs> what is Vor? I don't know Vor. You don't want to know what Vor is. Oh. Here's a, here's a cool little thing that we can reveal whilst we're recording the podcast. Uh, Carrion is currently number 16 global top sellers on Steam. With the no, day before it comes out? The day before it comes out. No discount on the pre-order. Uh, yeah. And this is before the, the Steam takeover that will be running tomorrow. Yeah, It's actually above the, the Star Wars game and, yep. and Mafia 1 remake. So it's Which like, Star Wars And game? GTA 5. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, squadrons oh yeah. is it squadrons is it that one yeah squadrons how oh, did that come yeah, out yeah. I think no it's... I mean 
you're talking about the upcoming like the top wishes like right no so, no S- oh. steam global top sellers ah this so is just th- stuff that's okay so that's also number 16 so oh right okay both both lists <laughs> uh, yeah we are actually yeah it, that's that's quite quite fun so so both the wishes and and the furors are doing surprisingly well yeah man it's looking good it's looking good yeah for a uh, you know flying spaghetti monster the game <laughs> that's that's nuts tired of only seeing it on bumper stickers experience flying spaghetti monster the game <laughs> i think because we should probably think about wrapping this up now but i was thinking um could you give us all uh one secret about carrion that you'd like to uh reveal or maybe tease well the secret would be that the game might actually be good i guess <laughs> <laughs> that's the secret to all of our games chris <laughs> yeah, and and, and, know, it, and it's always the the main surprise it's always the main surprise that's right yeah well i have thoroughly enjoyed talking about carrion i've thoroughly enjoyed playing carrion and and working with you guys on carrion over the last however long it's been a couple of years it's been amazing i'm so happy that it's come out and uh you think you guys should be very very proud of yourselves yeah Uh, and i'm happy it has finally come out i mean you might be enjoying playing the game, but but we don't. <laughs> the absolute worst thing we can do now is play Carrion. Like, <laughs> fuck no. Fuck no. You're going to go play Ooblitz as soon as this call is over? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, bless. Have you got any games lined up that you would want to oh. play besides Carrion? If only a few. <laughs> it's like a, a, mount, a mountain of games. Like my backlog is, it's uncountable, uncountable by now. <laughs> uh, I I finally finished uh, Death Stranding a couple of days ago. The problem is I started playing at launch of the PS4 of the PS4 version, so they they had the time to port it over to PC <laughs> before I had the time to actually finish it. Holy shit! Did you enjoy it? Brutal. Yeah, a lot. Uh, it's. I mean, it sounds like a boring game, and whoever, like my girlfriend, hates it. Like, <laughs> no, don't don't play the standing when I'm in the same room. So I didn't. <laughs> uh, actually, I with her I can only play Red Dead Redemption Two because she likes the horses and and Arthur <laughs> Morgan <got> taste. <laughs> yeah, uh, and funny enough for me, Red Dead Redemption, as much as I like it, is kind of the more boring game. In fact, for some reason. Like Death Stranding has, like, the walking around is exciting for some reason. <laughs> it's, I, I couldn't put my finger on it, but it's actually very engaging and, you know, making the deliveries with fuck knows how many tons on Norman Reedus' back. Mm. And... I suppose the, the, the difference is in Death Stranding, that kind of, like, laborious, you know, slow, methodical pacing and, like, walking through these you know picking your way through the the wilderness trying to find where you need to go and taking your time is like built into the actual gameplay experience whereas in red dead redemption it's just because you're kind of like you just don't know what to do (laughs) yeah and and you're just kind of like going yeah well i don't know i've got this whole world to run around in i don't know what to do yeah that's that's kind of true i mean I really enjoyed Red Dead Redemption too, but it's it's a bit too long for my tastes. I and mean, there's just too many things to do. And while I can ignore like you know just some bullshit collectibles, then there's also lots of of story, both the the main plot and and the side missions. There's lots of awesome story to it. And then I like, yeah, it's it's great, but how long can <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it take more? Yeah. Funnily enough, uh, about Death Stranding and, and you know the, the laborious act of of walking and so on, it's in a way mechanically speaking like the opposite of Carry On, where gravity is a non-issue. Like actually, <laughs> it was a very big issue for us designing the game because you don't really think about it, but gravity is one of the main obstacles in, in most games in, in 
almost every single game in which you control the character direct directly like every you know uh, action game uh, so you know i can't reach this place or oh if i fall uh, i die this is one of the most common uh, obstacles and we didn't have that in carrion so we had to get extremely creative about uh you know not every puzzle being just pull this lever to open this door and yeah. that's it because it would get extremely boring even more boring than it already is when we're playing it <laughs> <laughs> i do like the verticality of playing carrion because yeah, you're I... in a platformer but normally like you have to worry about oh i can't jump there yet but like you have full range of motion and that feels yeah. so it's a platformer good. without platforms but yeah <laughs> which is fun and refreshing but was such a such a pain in the ass when we were <laughs> making the game. For example, like whenever we were making, uh, let's call it an outdoor area, it's it's basically like a massive cave. We mm-hmm. always need to have a ceiling. <laughs> so so right. yeah, in fact, uh, I don't know if you know, but uh, back when we released the the alpha sneak peek demo, some people started modding it and you know just editing levels and, yeah. and creating their new ones. And one of the most dedicated uh, uh, modders or, or map makers, let's call him, asked me, "How do we deal with 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 the ceilings? Where, I mean, with open areas because you can go out of bounds so easily. Whether we have some, I don't know, invisible walls or, or anything like that." And I told him that I, I won't tell him our secret, although it's super simple, <laughs> and he'll have to wait until the the release. But now that the release has basically happened <laughs> when you're yeah. listening. Uh, I can tell that the secret is there's always a cynic. <laughs> ah, yes, we finally there's got... There's the secret. We got a carrying secret. <laughs> yes. We lured it out of it. We got it. We, got it. we had to coax it. But there it is. There's That's always a ceiling. There's always a ceiling. Thanks for coming here. Uh, thanks for doing that uh, that live interview uh, at that E3 in 2019. By the way, that was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, that, that was great. The monster. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. We, we should we should pack you into the <laughs> monster again and and do it again with the you know updated HQ puppet. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Fuck, I forgot about that. Karen HG remaster, or Hell rather. Yeah. JM in Carrion HD remaster. God, it was so hot. It was so sad. <laughs> it was, was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, that was a good time. Oh, very quickly as well, uh, we should mention the the launch trailer, which is fucking amazing. Oh yeah, because we didn't. Uh, it's that. actually. I think that's that's the only thing we enjoy uh, from <laughs> Carrion now because it's the only thing. We didn't really work on. I mean, our sound designer uh, did the, the the sound design, and, and Chris Velasco scored scored the trailer. But ourselves, uh, Sebastian and I, didn't really have to touch the trailer, and it was such a such a you know relief and yeah, it's fun and a refreshing thing to to have someone else do it for you. <laughs> yeah, it's really beautiful trailer. Makes yeah, me, it was great. Makes me long for a Carrion movie. Yeah, so Carrion on Netflix. Confirmed. There we go. Yeah, yeah. That's confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on and chatting with us. And uh, we look forward to playing your game while you go play something else. Yeah, anything okay. else. Yeah, man. Anything else. Minesweeper. <laughs> uh, and uh, to those of you listening, uh, if you haven't already bought Carrion, go get some Carrion in your life. It's on PC, Switch, and Xbox? Yep. Yeah. Is it free on Xbox? It's on Game Pass. Uh, it's, it's on Game Pass, yeah. But if you have okay. Game Pass, go buy the game also. Why not? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Buy, buy it on every platform you own or don't own. Yeah. Every storefront. Yeah. Buy them all. Gotta buy. Yeah. Chris Chris needs that wardrobe and some new waistcoats. Yeah. Get those waistcoats. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Chris is actually a very small rabbit. 
Beatrix Potter Rabbit uh, from Poland. He wears adorable waistcoats and develops nightmare games. Yep. And on that note, goodbye, everybody. Thank you so much for your time and attention. We hope you're well. And arrest the cops who killed Brianna Taylor because they're fucking murderers. Fuck yeah. Bye, Carrion. Bye. Thanks, bye. Oh.